Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clutch. This is Marianne Russo. I want you to excuse my voice. I'm just getting over the flu. Um, before we start, I'd like to uh, mention and thank our sponsor for today's show, Mayor Johnson. They've recently come out with an incredible um, e-catalog with hundreds of price-reduced products. Um, if you don't know, Mayor Johnson is the world's super source for special education products. It's the maker of Board Maker. And you can go to mayorjohnson.com and look at their outstanding website and just click on the e-catalog and it'll pull it right up for you. They have some amazing products on sale. As I tell you all the time, if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you look good. And today I am bringing you a really special show with a very special guest, Dr. Stuart Fisher. Um, he teaches people how to improve their lives by making healthy, uh, making health a priority. And he explains it in really down-to-earth, clear language that everyone can understand. He is the author of The Little Book of Big Emergencies, How to Recognize and Respond to the Most Common Medical Emergencies. And I'm thrilled that he's going to come back for a different segment and go through that. But he's also the founder of the Park Avenue Diet Center. And it is revolutionary and unique. It's a very comprehensive approach to weight issues and self-image. And um, you know him from his numerous TV and radio appearances as the Fit Doctor. And he is here to help us look good and feel good. So it is a pleasure to introduce Dr. Stuart Fisher. How are you? Very good. And thank you for letting me be on your show today. It's a real pleasure. Well, we need you. There's no doubt about it. I mean, staying healthy is um, its actually a heavy burden on special well, needs parents. It's a um, heavy burden, but it's important for everyone. Health must be our number one priority, especially with special needs children. You know, absolutely. And, you know, I think so. I talk to so many parents, and they say, you know, I put my head on the pillow at night, and I say, oh, I should have taken care of myself. When am I going to lose weight? When am I going to start working out? And it's always tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And like you said, you know, just like on an airplane, you put your oxygen mask on first. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us aren't doing that. And, you know, you say that health is physical, mental, and social. So let's get started, and let's break those down. So we'll start with the physical and mental together. You know, special needs parents are exhausted physically and emotionally. And sometimes depression can show with those same presentations with fatigue and muscle aches. So how can a parent tell the difference between whether they're just physically exhausted or whether they're depressed? It's very, very difficult distinction, but depression usually has more of a psychological component, crying, worrying, uh, insomnia, feelings of despair, inability to do simple things, that your thoughts get in the way of actions. I would call that a, a moderately severe depression. If you're paralyzed, if there are so many problems happening that you don't know which to do first and, you don't, and you're struggling for a sense of prioritization, I would say that that's one of the earliest signs of a, of a depression. And, you know, that's, I guess, when they need to really just seek outside help. Um, well, it, it, it also calls for inside help recognizing this. That one of the troubles with, that is common to the human species is sometimes we do not know if we are ailing, whether it is physical, mental, mm -hmm. or social. That we, we are not the best judge of ourselves, and I call that the Robert Burns effect after a certain poem by Robert Burns called To a Field Mouse, or would some power the gifty gee us to see ourselves as others see us? 
we do not see ourselves as other people see us, either physically, mentally, or socially. Maybe our friends would be able to tell us, hey, you look depressed. Maybe your family situation is really draining you, or you seem like you're not as happy as usual. A friend might. So reaching out to people and having them hold up the mirror this is an extremely important step. If we are so involved with the real problems, I'm not saying these are not real problems, of taking care of a special needs child, that we are only we are so inward that we don't share our burden with friends, family, neighbors, sometimes even strangers, this is an easy way to not get a grip on our own physical and mental well-being. Absolutely. You know, let's talk about what some of the physical manifestations of long-term stress are. Um, you know, how how, do, how they affect hormones, weight, energy, you know, your limbic system. Um, you know, what, what are some of the physical signs that uh, we might see from all the stress that we uh, endure? Well, stress, I am glad, I'm glad and sad to report to you, affects every illness that you could possibly think of from ingrown toenail to immune deficiency. High blood pressure, well, you know that during stress, blood pressure goes up. Diabetes, did you know that stress hormones raise blood sugar? Heart disease, circulatory disease, did you know that stress causes platelets to clump together so people can get a heart attack or a stroke after a stressful incident, and that is actually why it occurs, due to platelet agglutination. Stress, as our grandparents told us, uh, causes our immune system to become weak, so if we're stressed out, we catch colds more easily, and so on and so on. Why don't we say this? Stress has nothing good to say for itself. Right. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, basically we just keep plugging along and plugging along, and then, you know, sometimes you hit the wall. Um, you know, and but there has to be, I know that, you know, you, you speak a lot about, um, you know, methods for stress busting. Um, so what are some tips that you can give us to help us calm the body and the mind? Well, there are, uh, there are certain nutritional supplements that I learned about through Colton Fredericks and Robert Atkins a long time ago that can be very helpful. One is called inositol, I-N-O-S-I-T-O-L. It's a B vitamin. It is not a medication. It does not require a prescription. Right. And it is a, it's a very subtle calming agent, inositol. Another one maybe your listeners have heard of or you is called valerian. It's a very famous plant. And the V-A-L of the plant name gives its name to valium. Valium is actually the synthetic type name for valerian. You can go into any nutritional store, any vitamin store, and get valerian today. And I have been recommending vitamins and nutritional supplements to people for 25 years. It works. It is not as strong as Xanax and Valium, which, as you know, are stronger and addicting and have side effects. Mm-hmm. But valerian, I never heard anyone have a problem with, and you can take it or not take it as you see fit. And this is these are easy ways. Another way I'd like to point out that people don't never talk about, except rarely, is balancing your blood sugar. If you eat incorrectly, if you eat a lot of sugar and sweet foods and cupcakes and all those fattening foods, but they're 
they're so what they're tasty, some people will say. Your blood sugar might be going up and down due to insulin resistance, and blood sugar going up and down has a psychological component. This is extremely important, and I learned this with Dr. Atkins. We know it from children because children get hyper and then crash after a lot of sugar, and this is due to their overactive insulin, not due to their overactive bodies. They become hypoglycemic, and they get cranky, and everybody knows the rest of that part. Mm -hmm. But But adults can do this also, and especially if someone is overweight, obese, or pre-diabetic, these blood sugar elevations and plummets have a psychological component. And how do we fix this up? Get your weight good and avoid simple sugars. This is not a tall order. Getting one's weight and therefore health in order is something that, frankly, everyone had better do in 2013 as our health care system spirals out of control. That's a whole show in itself. Um, you mentioned the inositol, which I wanted to say really is one of the first-line treatments for, uh, I think, for children um, with obsessive-compulsive disorder. Uh, but, you know, before you go to the medications, which some children mm-hmm. will need to, inositol is fantastic um, for for both OCD and tics for kids. So, you know, you would you know work that through with your doctor, obviously. But inositol does have some really, uh, you know, great results for people. Did you know that I worked with Dr. Alan Cott, who was a very famous orthomolecular psychiatrist, and he was very interested in what was called then minimal brain disorder, hyperactive children. I did a project with him only 42 years ago when I was at Yale of giving niacinamide versus Ritalin to Mm -hmm. these kids, and the results were the same. They Absolutely. did equally well on Ritalin and niacinamide. He was way ahead of his time, Dr. Alan Cott. Right. You know, and, and, and what I, I'm finding is I have um, one daughter um, who has very severe form of juvenile fibromyalgia, and it's affected every aspect of her life. And, you know, after going to you know the first 10 doctors um, that just were throwing medications at her, what I found really was that this is molecular. This is mitochondrial. I mean, you have to start, you have to treat these kids and build up their systems through vitamins and minerals and diet. Um, you know, so you could put a Band-Aid on it, which, you know, they do need for the pain. But um, really, you have to get to the core by getting healthy, and we're trying to get there. It's difficult. But, um, you know, many special needs parents, I mean, they really don't have the time or the respite, um, you know, to go to the gym or, you know, go take a yoga class. So, you know, what are some options? I mean, you know, how beneficial is just going for a walk? I, I think that there are certain exercises one could do in one's house, that are more important than simply taking a walk. Walk is good for the air, but frankly, it doesn't burn calories the way most people need them. There are exercises in online, in the Park Avenue diet, and plenty of other places that can be done on one's carpet very easily that are both muscle building and cardio that don't require any equipment and that take about 15 to 20 minutes. And these are much more effective, I think, for stabilizing blood sugar, losing weight, and getting one's spirits better than simply taking a walk. Where could we find those? 
the exercises, well, they are in the Park Avenue diet because I had a wonderful, okay, glamorous uh, uh, sports enthusiast, Bernadette Panati, put together a six-week exercise program that people could learn from, and you do it in your house, and I promise you there's no equipment needed, and it's a workout. You, you, you start, don't start out intense, but we show you how to go from zero to hero over six weeks, and at the end, it, it's a good, very, it's a very simple 15 or 20 minute exercise that you do every couple of days. And I assure you that it is, it, it works. It's oh, I'm going to look start. into that. You know, and, and I think people forget about the probably most pleasurable and easiest of exercises, which is sex. Um, you know, I think a lot of parents, special needs parents, you know, they're exhausted and, uh, you know, they're, overwhelmed but you know having a date night and you know sex is invigorating and it releases neurotransmitters you know what tips do you have for revving up the love life that's uh, 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 it would be chocolates and champagne except though they're both not good for you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but 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 recognizing this I think is the first problem recognizing that one has this deficiency or this, this is missing from someone's life that knowledge is the first step. Doing something is rather easy. We, do, we know how to do things. We don't know when to do them or if we need to do them. And that's, that is where introspection is very important. And here's something very important for your listeners, the concept of a personal myth, which I think you may have heard of somewhere or other. A personal myth is a rule that we live by. And what and many parents with special needs children think my children are so much more important than my life. I have to do because of the special needs. I must devote every second of my time to them. Somehow I will be able to cope on my own. That is a person. That's what we would call a negative personal myth. It's an idea that has negative repercussions to it. And that and people who have negative personal myths, they all they have. Why don't we say bad habits, bad lifestyle, or certain other problems? Finding out what these personal myths are, these wrong ideas, this needs to be a top priority in almost – we need to do this as spring cleaning, looking into all the dusty areas of our minds and philosophies, then we can make the right health and medical decisions. Absolutely. You know, I tell a story of uh, when my first daughter, um, who had pandas, um, you know, when we went to take these um, classes – and I remember, you know, walking out of the first class with my husband, and I just started sobbing. And my husband's hugging me, and he's going, it's going to be okay. We're going to get her all the help she needs. And I said, that's not why I'm crying. Did you see those women? They look like hell. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. But, you know, it wasn't a vanity thing. I saw the toll that um, the stress took on these women. And, you know, it, it, it made me very conscious not to fall into that. So, you know, you know, whether it's a new hairstyle, a new lipstick, you know, for the men a new suit, it's not a vanity thing. It's self-confidence, which is what I want to go into next with you. Um, you know, how important it is that, you know, your appearance affects your mood and your outlook and, you know, how you look at the issues in your life. So, you know, like you said, you can never lose sight of the woman behind the mom and get lost in your child's disorder. Um, but, you know, a lot of Mothers and fathers have a lot of times getting a hard time getting motivated. Um, you know, what would you say to somebody that's you know out would, of shape? What would I say to someone who's out of shape? I would speak to them in ancient Greek, 
and say, mens sana in corpore sano, sound mind in sound body. This is a philosophy that goes back 2,000 plus years and was actually translated from Greek into Latin, which is how we know it, uh, from juvenile. You must have both of the mind that influences the body and the body influences the mind. And they cannot be separated. Look in the mirror. If you're not standing tall, there is something physical he's doing wrong and something psychological at the same time. You, when you stand in front of a child and you're the, supposed to be the pillar of strength, you have to look like a pillar of strength. You have to look strong so that you can be an anchor for someone else. And that also would, take, would be true if one was taking care of one's parents who were in a nursing home or somehow is incapacitated. The weaker you look, you transmit this feeling of weakness to them, and, and no, nobody does well under those circumstances. You know, I, I think motivation is really going to be key because it, I think that if people can get started, and I'm speaking for myself as well, if we can get started, we could probably, once you initially start to feel better, you want to continue. It's just getting over that hump. So, you know, how, how, do, how do you just get started? I mean, what are some ways to it's ease excellent. yourself into a better lifestyle? It's an excellent question. That really is an excellent question. And it's like a 30-minute answer, but let me give you the, the quickest one. Uh, the idea that one needs to be motivated to, be, to do something I think is incorrect. Because well, I'm, I wasn't particularly motivated to do my homework in high school or Yale or medical school or anything, or go work in a hospital for 36-hour shifts. Well, what kind, of, what kind of frame of mind? I just did it. There's a, there was that commercial expression, just do it. When you do something, you become motivated. If you're motivated, you will do it, but if you do it, you can become motivated. The idea that motivation must come first, I think, is, is almost an absurdity. It doesn't people, work. It, it doesn't work. We can look, we can look all around us. Right. But just a motivational speaker, I don't think that's the only thing that people have to listen to. They, by doing something, for example, if you lose weight to any means possible, from the Park Avenue diet to anything, and people look at you and they go after about a week or two, hey, you're looking better. What is it? I don't know what that is. Or a month or two later, you look really pretty now. Gosh, that's amazing. That's motivating. Now, hearing that, or a child that says, Mommy, you look much better. That's really nice. That's motivating. The motivation that must come to someone as if it's on Mount Sinai with the right. tablets, it doesn't happen on Earth. It only happens on just special occasions. Right, you know, and I, no... I told my husband, I said, you know, if the fact that I have two kids that really need me. Is it motivating me? Because, you know, he goes, he runs every day, goes to the gym at 4.30 every morning. I said, if that's not motivation, motivation is not going to be what works, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think you're right. You just have to do it. But And I think you're really correct that, you know, I, my daughter just got married last week. Um, so, you know, I was very conscious of what I was eating for a few months leading up and lost weight. And it does. You feel better. You look better. And you want to keep it going. So, uh, you know, I agree with validation. you. The validation does not come from within. That when people look at you at the wedding, congratulations, and they and they congratulate you and they say how say how good you look, 
that's 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 the that's where the motivation is. It doesn't have to be a day one. If I motivate myself and I wake up and I say I'm going to climb Mount Everest, well, that's not going to happen. Right. But if I but if I do things that 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 make me feel different, that's how we develop self confidence. We develop right. self confidence through our activities not through our brain. Self-esteem is how we falsely convince ourselves that we're something special. Self-esteem comes with, from within, and it can be very misleading and deluded. Self-confidence comes from our accomplishments. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to get a lot of grief for what I'm going to say now. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of emails. But, you know, I also think that sometimes special needs parents, um, especially the moms, you know, feel like, well, I'm not going to go, you know, get an outfit. Why should I get my hair done? Why should I do my makeup? Almost like looking bad um, validates to people what they're going That's through. That's a personal myth. That you, you, you actually said what a negative personal myth is. It doesn't make any difference what I look like because I'm in this situation. Exactly. It, but exactly. someone else could say it doesn't make any difference what I look like. I'm ugly, so I'm not going to get a date on Saturday night. If no one cares what I look like, why should I care what I look like? That is a negative personal myth, and I'm, I've showed you before how a special needs parent can turn it around for themselves. I'm a caretaker. My looks don't make any difference. That's, this is identifying negative personal myths you do before you clean the house, before you start figuring out what to do. You have to, right. and everyone has these. This is not like it's, it's, it's everyone has them in different recesses of the mind. When you know, I've got them, I've got plenty of them, but I don't mind picking up the carpet, the psychological carpet, and looking at the dirt underneath. Right. And, you know, I think it's also, you know, we, we're big um, on telling parents to set attainable goals. And it's the same thing for yourself. You know, you set an attainable goal. If you haven't worked out in six years, you probably shouldn't go take the super, you know, Zumba class, you know. Um, you know, so you have to just be reasonable. But I want us to uh, move on to social because that is really important. Um, and you emphasize that it's important for parents to find and set aside time to be social. Yeah. Well, uh, the idea of health being physical, mental, and social is not mine, but the World Health Organization, and that's their definition, physical, mental, and social health, and not merely the absence of disease. So they're the ones that include that, and I learned that on day one in med school, and I believe it wholeheartedly. Social is a part of health. If we're And plus, this is not applied, let's say, to your audience, but if someone is a recluse, they have no friends, they don't go out, they just watch television or the Internet, they're eating cookies all the time, they're miserable, getting them to diet is not going to work. Getting them into a better social situation, getting them out of their shell, getting them out into the world is the first step, not telling them to eat celery instead of Oreos. Right. So the you know social social health sometimes must come before physical and mental health. Absolutely. And, you know, you said that, you know, the word recluse really may not suit, but isolation absolutely does because um, isolation really is one of the hardest issues to deal with when raising a special needs child. And, you know, for some it's because of the demands on their time, or and, you know, for others it's due to the stigma, which is rampant, you know, in our society today. Um, so there is a lot of isolation, especially with mothers. You know, their children's behaviors, it makes them, especially when they're first starting out, very difficult um, for them. And, um, you know, I, I want you to talk about 
what the physical and emotional benefits of socializing are so that parents understand it's not just a matter of, oh, you need to get out. Well, uh, physically, it, it, allow, it, allow, it, it keeps people from sitting in a chair. <laughs> That's an easy one. Physically, the more social you are, the more uh, active your body is in, in, in multiple ways. Emotionally, I feel that physical activity balances blood sugar. So remember I spoke about blood sugar going up and down. That happens less the more physically active you are. So the emotional benefit is actually a biochemical benefit. It's not some touchy-feely, psycho- ill-defined psychological entity. I'm talking about the biochemical, the neurotransmitter, the hormonally induced with insulin and glucagon, those type of changes are the ones that one will benefit from by better physical activity. And But the need for, for, for more socializing must be recognized by the person. But as soon as they say to themselves, himself or herself, I am too inward, I am too isolated, this is not helping me or my family at all, that is a very important first step, and it is it is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of you're, you're less of a person. It makes you more of a person and stronger if you are willing to look inward, look at your personal myths, and improve your lifestyle. Absolutely, and you know, and, and I find you know it's good, obviously, um, to find others who can relate. Um, you know, such as other special needs parent, and it's you know really important to go out with a friend, you know, or even your spouse, and not talk about the kids. You know, I find that often special needs parents spend the majority of their free time, as I do and did, um, online researching the, whatever their child's disorder is. Um, but it's really important to stay up to date with current events, even if it's, you know, what's in the tabloids. Um, you know, not to lose yourself, like I said before. And I think that if you if you don't keep up with what's going on and if you put yourself in that little bubble, you'll tend to avoid social situations more because you're really out of the loop. You're right, and our world changes very quickly, as both you and I know, and if we're not in in a realistic way looking at what's going on in the world around us, we will not be of much help to anyone, let alone ourselves. Well, we're going to just briefly go on to the one that we all dread, which is the diet, but you have the Park Avenue diet, which to me is so different. Because when I was, you know, researching um, about you and everything, it really came down to self-confidence. And self-confidence is so empowering. So tell us about your diet, why it's different, and, you know, the importance of self-confidence. Well, the word diet, as you may know if you looked in my biography, my little book, is diet comes from the ancient Greek word diatasai, which means how one leads one's life. The ancient Greeks did not mean diet like grape leaves and and, uh, that type of stuff. And Baba Ganoush, they were talking about everything, physical, mental, and social. When I thought of the Park Avenue diet, I looked at people on Park Avenue, I saw they were all put together, their clothing, their hair, Mm -hmm. how they interacted with each other. Yes, and their weight. How come their weight was all good? These people were rich, yet they and they could afford any food, yet they were thin. And I and I kept thinking it is because they have put all of these things together in the proper context. Their their life, their lifestyle is not what they eat. The idea of a 
low-carbohydrate lifestyle is an absurdity. We don't live our food 24 hours a day. And if we leave out one of these components, and two of them are self-confidence and interpersonal skills, if we don't make these better as weight gets better, the weight will go right back on, and everyone knows perfectly well the failure rate for dieting is about 90%. Any diet you could name, Atkins, you name it. I'm not going to say any names, but any diet you could name has a failure rate of approximately 90% because these other issues are not stressed at all. Self-confidence comes from learning one's personal myths and having better accomplishments day by day. That's the only way to get weight off. And I'm telling you, I've been in the field 25 years. I started with Dr. Atkins almost 25 years ago. Diet successes require other things to be done at the same time, not merely food. And that's the essence of the Park Avenue diet. And, you know, I just, I loved it because it's so true. And like you said, you know, I'm in the city all the time, several times a week, and I say the same thing. You know, these women, these men, I mean, they just look fabulous. And, yes, you know, there's in this day and age Botox and maintenance. And, listen, I am, <laughs> I love maintenance. But, um it's beyond that. It's the way they carry themselves, and I think that that changes the way they look. So you exactly. Know, it, in it's the book, just, I, put, I, I tell people to put on. If you go to a store, fancy store, you put on different clothing. You put on expensive clothing. You look at yourself in the mirror. You will stand differently. Forget how you look. You stand differently. If you put fancy cl- a ballerina outfit on a little girl or a cowboy outfit on a little boy, they stand differently. Of course, they act differently, but they stand differently. So external changes can cause internal changes, which I call inside-out, outside-in reinvention. Absolutely. Well, we're running out of time, but, I mean, the book is outstanding. You are outstanding. I'm so glad you came on because I think that, this is going to change the way a lot of my listeners look at themselves and look at their failures for not losing weight or for not getting healthy. So, I mean, I can't thank you enough for joining me, and I, I really am so happy that you're going to come back because, um, you know, as we said, you are the author of the little book of big medical emergencies, how to recognize and respond to the most common medical emergencies, and you were um, an ER doctor for many years. Um, oh boy, and, was you know, I? You've seen it all, so I can't wait to have you back to do that one. It would be my great pleasure. It's such a pleasure speaking with you. Where can everyone find you on social media and on the internet? I am the Fit Doctor on both Twitter and the internet. TheFitDoctor.com and the Fit Doctor. Just playing that on Twitter, and both of them are lots of fun to read. Also, Facebook, you can find me as the fit doctor lots of cross references but my my writings are very entertaining they're fun it's not all serious but it's not all frivolous either any one of those directions you can turn to would be great right and and i can't encourage the listeners enough to go over because it's really going to change your mindset which is really yeah, that's what's going to change your life so again thank you for joining me and we'll be in touch to set a date for the next show Thank you very much. You're very welcome. As I end each show, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent with us here at The Coffee Clatch. You can find us at www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Have a great weekend, everyone.